Man, it has been a while, but the OrthoPlug podcast is officially back, and I couldn't think of a better episode than this one to get us back going. This will actually be the final episode of season one, but we're currently recording season two, which will focus on the newly matched, soon-to-be orthopedic surgery interns, and I cannot wait to share it with you guys. But really quick, before we get started with this phenomenal episode, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast or followed the OrthoPlug on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube, please do so. And while you're at it, if you could leave us a review on the podcast, that would be amazing and would really help us out a lot. I was sitting with a, with a mentor. He invited me to dinner with his family, uh, with him and his wife. And you know, we're sitting there, we're eating, and uh, we finished eating. And he looks over at me, he says, Martino, where do you want to be 20 years from now? because the problem with a lot of young kids is you're only thinking about what's directly in front of you. You're not seeing there's so much more at play. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Ortho Plug, the podcast where I get to speak with some of the most successful, inspiring, and really just coolest orthopedic surgeons in the country. And one of the things that makes them particularly special is they either come from underrepresented backgrounds or they are actively supporting those that do. This is an amazing episode where I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Tino Mukorambindo, a PGY1 orthopedic surgery resident at the Harvard Combined Program. Tino graduated from the University of Louisville with his MD and MBA and is also the founder of Greater Influence, a nonprofit that seeks to improve access to resources and provide a blueprint for students from high school to medical school graduate. In this episode, he shares what went into his decision to pursue his MBA alongside his MD, more on greater influence, how he maintained his confidence through medical school and the residency application, and much, much more. I know that you're going to absolutely love this episode. I am like super, super excited for this conversation. It's something that I've been waiting for for a minute to be able to have a conversation with someone who I look up to a lot honored to be able to call my boy, my friend, somebody who, you know, continues to look out for me, drops pearl after pearl for me. So I'm just excited to be able to share his voice to everyone listening. Uh, Dr. Tino Mukorambindo, uh, first year resident at Harvard. Um, you know, again, huge, huge inspiration to myself and a ton of other people. So thank you so much, bro, for joining the show. Man, thank you so much just for thinking of me. Um, I'm honored to just, you know, be here. I love everything y'all are doing. I'm following along. It's just dope because so many people will create these things uh, individually. Um, but seeing you all come together as a community and saying, hey, we can all eat together. Let's help others do that, too. Uh, it's, it's dope, man. So I'm really proud of you guys. And uh, thanks for having me. Oh, man, that's that's encouraging for real, man. And you already know you like number one dude I thought of. So uh, you definitely was being thought of. And I, I really appreciate you. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to hear you talk a little bit. Uh, was that two nights ago? Um, you know, at, at, a, at an event that Gladden put on. And, you know, outside of like a lot of the other kind of things that you talked about and the wisdom that that, that you shared, I think one thing that you have clearly mastered is, you know, that kind of like elevator pitch and that I think a lot of us need to be able to get, get down. Um, so for my, for my first question for you, I was hoping that you could just bless myself and everyone listening just with the answer of who is Tino? Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want the elevator speech or you want the, I want, the, I want, I want I want the elevator speech at first, and then we can dive in deeper. Just just okay. so that people can actually see and and hear what this is supposed to look like, because I think we we get that all the time. And I I um, you know, I went to the nth event last year at the academy, and you know they're asking people like, "What's your elevator like thirty second elevator pitch or your elevator pitch or whatever?" And people look lost. And I think it's something that you know, listening to you do it is like 
this is what it should be like. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I can't remember like all the details that I have for the interview season. Um, but you know, essentially how my elevator speech went was like I tried to make sure that it was uh filled with information that was gonna be relevant and captivating enough that would tell my story. Um, and so I would always just start it out by saying, you know, since coming to America from Zimbabwe, I've lived in eight different states as my family and I sought to take advantage of the opportunities the country has to offer. Um, you know, for me, I would talk about my passions right after um, and I would make them lead into what was I needed the interviewer to convey. So I would say uh, I'm passionate about leadership, um, you know, to better develop myself as a leader. I took a year off from medical school uh, to get my MBA. And I talked a little bit about why I chose to do that um, and within one sentence or less. Um, then I talked about my desire for innovation. And I would t- give an example. It's best highlighted by, um, you know, I would talk about my not not the, just the research experiences, because every one of the application process has research experiences. Uh, I talked about, you know, the the articles that I wrote that were published talking about how to diversify medicine and culture. Uh, I talked about, um, you know, some of the uh, innovative ideas and some of the um, consulting work and stuff that I did on top of. And then I mentioned the research like, hey, you know, this is cool, but this is what makes me different from everyone else. Um, and then I talked about my uh, and I say uh, I'm passionate about service. And this is best highlighted by Greater Influence, a nonprofit organization that I aim, that I founded while I was a medical student that aims to increase representation in healthcare. Um, and then uh, I would just close off by saying, you know, um, and I'm grateful to be here. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, and. Like the purpose of that elevator speech uh, was just really just like telling them, like, look, there's things on my application that you might overlook. And I need you to know, like, these are the things are here. Um, so, you know, that that was like how I would tell who I was and kind of introduce that and lay the tone for it. Uh, but in terms of like me personally, like someone asked me who I am, uh, I'm probably going to tell you a lot more about like things that are related to my character. So like, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a brother, man. Like I'm a friend. Like, I'm somebody who you can trust you can rely on um, somebody who's passionate, uh, someone who cares, like um, what you see is going to be what you're going to get. Uh, and, you know, you have to The thing with me is I always tell people like you have to like see who I am uh, as with what's directly in front of you and not what's in the lens of, you know, your own perspective. Because you see a black man, um, you know, you see someone who have you have this idea from your own perspective and then. People come and talk to me. I'm like, hey, man, you're actually pretty nice. Or, hey, you're actually pretty cool. Or, you're actually this or you're actually that. And it's just like none of that that you brought into this conversation was me. Um, and so, yeah, man, I have to say, probably say that's kind of who I am uh, in that sense. I love it, man. Thank thank you so much to, you know, for 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 both the elevator speech and this, the authentic, you know, who is Tino, um, which I completely second um, because that that's exactly who you've been to me. Um, and I definitely want to dive in deep to like, every aspect of kind of what you've presented and who is, mm-hmm. you know, and that elevator speech. Um, so I know coming from Zimbabwe, um, did you all, were you always interested in you when you came to America to pursuing medicine, what was kind of the path from immigrating from Zimbabwe into actually the path of pursuing medicine? Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of crazy. Like not look out, or everything that happened in my life, it if 
understanding how we came to America will put everything into perspective. Uh, when we were in Zimbabwe, uh, 1999, uh, my, my parents, you know, my dad had a business. Uh, he was, you know, working with home, doing amazing things all over the country. Uh, he built a church that people were going to. It was become one of the biggest churches in the area. Uh, my mom was a teacher, uh, but she was involved in the community. She did all types of things. She baked, she prepared food for the homeless. She was always figuring out who needs something and what can I do to get it for them. The kids need blankets over there. All right. She would like sew blankets and put things together for them. And uh, they had homes, you know, they had cars and uh, they decided like, look, the way the country is going, we need to do something. So our kids are going to be better so they can have opportunities that we didn't have because we made it. But the country is it's, it's, we're not doing well. And so they sold everything, man. They left everything behind. We packed everything up uh, into uh, three suitcases. Uh, it was myself, two of my older brothers um, and my parents. And we landed in uh, Texas, uh, Waco, Texas, um, for the first six months of my time in America. Uh, and then after that, um, you know, my parents got an opportunity to uh, do to go back to school. They picked up completely different careers. So now my parents are now nurses. Um, and, you know, my dad, I remember a story of like this man who was a dignified like uh, person who has everyone respected. This man was working at a, at a tractor factory, uh, putting together parts uh, of the tractor. Uh, and then he uh, he would uh, get off work uh, and then he would go to class. Then he would uh, after he got out of class, he would go work at the night shift at Best Western. Um, and so this man was working two uh, full time jobs while he was in school and balancing the schedule around that while raising kids uh, to my mother. Uh, she's at Cracker Barrel in Dublin, Georgia, a black woman uh, in the deep south. Of putting herself and subjecting herself to this. Uh, and so like that essentially led to my family finishing school, my parents finishing school. We ended up going to California. Um, and uh, from there, like everything from there just became, okay, what, what, what can I do to put myself in a position to succeed? And that's how I ended up living in so many different states because I, ca I came out of a situation where I saw people who were working hard for the bigger picture. Uh, something that no one else understood. And people actually told my parents they were crazy for doing what they were doing. And now you look at on the other side where they're where they're at. They're living comfortable. They have a beautiful home. Their kids have grown up to become, you know, my oldest brother is a uh, is a uh, pulmonology and critical care fellow. He, and his wife is a dentist. Uh, my other brother, he's a pastor. His wife is a lawyer. Um, and then myself, um, you know, that was something that now so many people are like, how did you do it? How did you get there? And they kind of have this vision and this idea that no one else quite understood. Um, and so, like, I think that's like kind of what drives me and helps me understand is just that in everything that I do, I see the bigger picture of life. Like, I kind of see life from a bird's eye view. You know, I don't get so focused on what's going, what I'm going through right now in the moment. Uh, I try to figure out how is this going to play into what I'm going through. So, I mean, as an intern, you're in a situation where your attending is upset with you. You know, uh, they call you like, hey, why did you do this? And you're an intern. You're just like, how do I go about Like, I should be upset. Why is he talking to me this way? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? But if you look at it from the bird's eye view, you're like, wait, there's something that happened that might have affected his patient. Why did he feel that way? So why did he feel strongly about it? How could I have uh, done this differently? What could I have done to improve? How am I going to do? make sure that I don't do this the same way the next time? And so then that's how you start to see these things start to come together. So, you know, five years from now, I'm going to be an attending and I'll be able to convey that message and share the story in a different ways. So I, I don't know, man. Like for me, my whole story is just about figuring out like what's the bigger picture? Like what am I going to be working towards? Like what, what what's going to be 
I said, like, what's going to be keeping me, like, what's keeping me focused is not going to be the small arbitrary goals. It's the big picture as to what it is that I want to do in the long term. I love that. Like that, that influence that your parents had in Zimbabwe of seeing a bigger picture of like the family success. And it's like, you know, I think one of the most powerful things that we can do, I, I got like a nine month old, which, which you may know of like, and it's like, my biggest yeah. thing is I want him to learn like lessons just from like how I'm, how I'm moving and how I'm acting and, and like seeing that you learn the lessons from how your parents were moving and acting. And it goes from the bigger picture of you wanting to pursue the field of medicine to then every single moment that you experience now as an intern, like you said, something goes on that you are naturally equipped to see bigger pictures because of that story that you just laid out so eloquently um, you know, man, that, that, that's super powerful, man. Like for, yeah. and, and I appreciate it too, because I need that. Like I, I struggle zoning way too far in and, mm-hmm. you know, med school can be tough and I feel like X, Y, Z is happening and I'm stressed out about it or whatever. And like, I need the reminder to take a step back, zoom yeah. out, see the bigger picture. Yeah. And I mean, you know, one thing that, uh, I, I should have touched on a little bit more on that was like how this led to medicine. Um, and for me, like, Seeing how my parents moved and how they were so passionate about helping others, even when they didn't have much, was ultimately what led me into my situation. And my whole life was like, all right, well, what am I going to do that's going to help me help out others? I I was, you know, at the soup pantry. I was coming in on uh, Saturday and Sunday to volunteer at church. Like, those are things that were just a part of who I was. Like, service was a part of who I was. And so there was, like, that aspect as to what career field and medicine came up. Then it's just like, I was just always an inquisitive kid. And I kept asking, well, why? I always wanted to ask why. Uh, Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Why is this happening? Because I always felt like if I understood why I'm doing it, I'm going to be able to do it better. And so ultimately, that, again, directed me towards a career path in medicine, where I was just kind of looking at, you know, I just kind of fell in love with science because I was always trying to figure out how can I break down this complex thing into something that I can understand and apply. Um, and so like that's kind of what gave me the overall sense of medicine it was like that example from my parents and then also not losing that as I got into medical school because I realized there's still service to be done. And now I'm in a different position to give things in a very unique way that I hadn't been able to do before. And I'm just going to continue that legacy that they laid down for me. I love it, man. That's super powerful. And I am sure that your parents, your brothers, everybody around you is super proud of you. Um I want to touch on a couple things that you talked about briefly, you know, when you were talking into the story too. now, as we get to the medical school, this part of your story, there's, there's two main things that that I want to touch on here. One is you mentioned it, the, the greater influence, which is like, you know, for anybody listening, I'm going to plug you now. The link will be in the the show notes. Make sure you check out greater influence is it's an incredible resource. Um, You know, basically it's like a blueprint for students, I think you say from like freshman year of high school to their final year of medical school, like you basically, you know, plug them in with what they need to know. You have scholarships for like standard exam prep courses, like med school application funds, all these kind of things that you're just basically plugging for students. Um, so like what went into that decision of starting that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So greater influence, man. So like when I got into medical school, um, I was asked to come back because I do a lot of motivational speaking. So I was asked to come back to my uh, undergrad and talk to some students. 
And I started to notice that there was a trend because I went to HBCU and I noticed that there was a trend with the questions that I was getting from minority students versus the questions I was getting from non-minority students. Uh, Minority students were asking me a lot more basic, superficial questions, not because they were any less intelligent, but they just hadn't had certain exposure. And they were asking me those more basic questions in the later years of their process. And so now I'm like, okay, like, What's going on here? Like, why is this a thing? Because these non-minority students aren't asking me these things. They seem to know freshman year, what's my blueprint? How do I go about this? How do I go about that? Whereas like, you know, that wasn't the case from some of the other students. And so I started trying to figure out like, how can I um, help amend this? And so one of my best friends in the, uh, Stephen Canton, he's a second year um, orthopedics resident now at University of Pittsburgh. Um, we, we started a mentorship program. And the purpose of the mentorship program was to kind of, like kind of put a different twist to the mentorship portion because like we wanted to teach the students how to be mentored um, and like facilitate relationships. And we would give them regular checkups and make sure that they were like staying in touch with their mentors and kind of like guiding them in a way. And we had such an incredible amount of success from that. Uh, And so uh, I started talking to my school and uh, we had this thing called the Health and Social Justice Scholars Program. Uh, and it was a scholarship that they awarded to students. And it taught you different things about structural racism and, and uh, you know, why things are the way that they are. And that's essentially what propelled me into greater influence because I, I said, look, I can start a mentorship program and that would be amazing. But I'm going to help these students right where they're at. And what I wanted to do was not so much focus on just the individual student, but to figure out how can I focus on the system that's made this difficult for these students to succeed and give them the tools so they can succeed in that system. That way, when they leave what I've done for them, they can still continue to build and grow and thrive. When they no longer have those same mentors or they're they're surpassed that level in life, we're going to figure out how to get them there. And so that's what Greater Influence is really about. Like why we chose to break off and create this thing in our own. Because like now, like, you know, for example, one of the things that we said um, was a problem was a test prep. And, you know, I could give students a book. But then I realized, they, man, they're struggling to take the test. It's not that because they're any less intelligent, but there's test-taking strategies that they may not have access to. Then I realized that there are a lot of non-minority students who have people who are paying for them to do these test prep courses. And so, like, now the playing field isn't even. So how can I balance that out? Uh, somehow, some way, I made it in front of the director of our partnerships for Kaplan Test Prep. And he and I just resonated. We, we, he, he became like a friend. And he says, you know what, Tino? We're going to give you a discount on any test prep material that you want. And so now I'm getting 65% off these, like, you know, very detailed test prep courses. And I say, well, that's the biggest piece of the puzzle. Let's figure out how we can get companies and organizations to pay for the rest. And so, like, that's the premise of, like, what we're trying to do with Greater Influence is, like, let's give these students the tools. Or, like, another thing we have right now is a series called Dinner with a Doctor. Because when I was going through the process, I didn't have people who gave me a positive light. Um, the, the, like, the majority of the doctors that I knew, were like, some of them are primary care physicians or my own primary care physician. When I told him I wanted to go to medical school, he told me that wasn't a good idea. He said, the way medicine's going, this isn't just, it's not going to be helpful. And I just think that, you know, maybe you should consider something else that will make you happier. And so like, I started dinner with a doctor because I want students to have a positive experience where they can sit down and talk to someone who's extremely successful, who's sitting there and showing them that you can be successful. You can be happy in this. Here's how I did it. And they shared their, um, you know, their, their kind of their knowledge and their intellect and that. And so like, 
I mean, really, like the purpose of greater influence is figuring out, like, what do students actually need and how can we give them that? Um, I mean, aside from the, some of the things that we're doing, if you look on our website, um, you know, we have like sample personal statements. We have um, tutorials and guides on how to make a personal statement. Um, you know, we have so many things that we add to the to students that are all on there. That way they're not trying to find it all over the Internet or they have to ask someone. Essentially, we wanted this to be a central hub where they can go and find the information that they need all in one place. Uh, and so right now, I'm actually, um, we hired somebody. We're working on rebuilding the website uh, and just making it much more accessible. So it's going to be simpler for students to get all this information because, like, it's already hard enough. Like, let's make this whole process a lot easier for others. And I don't know, man, like, that's that's that, that's why, I mean, Greater Influence is my baby, man. Um, and it's something that is still helpful to me now because um, I'm an intern and I can't sit and read every single person who emails me's personal statement. But if they say, hey, how do you write a personal statement? I send them the link and I send them some samples. So, hey, shoot me an uh, email once you have that together, and then I can shoot, give you some edits. That's something that I can do when I'm eating dinner. That's something that I can do when I have a little bit of downtime, like when I'm on the, uh, on the train or something like that, and still be able to help students even within my capacity. So, like, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see where things are going and what else we're going to be doing in the future. Dog, uh, that's that's so dope, and I could I could feel your passion behind Greater Influence and what you're doing with it, and that that's your baby. Um, and yeah, I'm so happy that you were able to kind of express what it is and the amazing resources that it has. Again, I'm going to put all of the details in the in the show notes and continue to kind of promote it because you know, like you said, one of the biggest things is just people need to have access to things like this. Um, and you know, there was so much that I learned from you and I'm sure other listeners learned from you just about you talking about this, right? Like you talked about how service is like how you're passionate about service and and you can express that to like, you know, a, a residency program or something like that, but everybody can say that, but like the way that you just described how motivated you were to provide something for a community that was under resourced um and like how how on fire you are for that like that shows that you know like that's that on 10 and like the mm-hmm. hard work and the dedication to achieving the goal once it's once you have a vision for something and that you're just going to continue to go after it by setting up meetings with dude from Catflin, like crazy getting you know support <laughs> yeah, from yeah. other financial support from other people to kind of like take over the rest like that's crazy like that's and that's super inspiring for me too because i'm interested in kind of other things outside of you know the yeah. day-to-day medical thing but like how can i kind of have a bigger impact or i, I, I should say a greater influence uh <laughs> you know exactly. like on exactly. the field um so that's dope that's dope the other thing that that you did in medical school that's amazing and, and, and intrigues me is the you're you're an md mba so you so you took um was it was it just one year at louisville or did, I I did, sometimes did. Like a five-year program what went into did, that man. yeah uh man that that was probably the hardest year of my life uh so i actually did not do any business courses in undergrad um and uh one thing that i was learning as i was going through my process was that i wanted to be someone who could um who could 
I use my voice in a positive way. But I realize the way medicine is going, a lot of it has to do with the financial aspect. And so in order for me to be in the room with these people, I had to be able to understand their lingo. I had to be able to understand their language. Um, and so I kind of went out on a limb and I said, all right, cool. I'm going to get my MBA and and be able to first off be credentialed to sit in the room with these people. Um, and then secondly, to be able to understand what they're saying so I can, you know, give my perspective um, as to, you know, why certain things are important. Um, and so like during that year, I did that one year program where it's like, it was nuts, man. Like six to nine thirty, I had, I remember I had econ one on Monday, econ two on a Wednesday. And then I had like a uh, stats on Friday and like, dog, like this is like six weeks to do these classes that people were doing over a whole semester. And I just like, yo, like there were just not enough hours in the day, man. Um, and then on top of that, uh, you know, my passion was orthopedics, and that was never gonna go away. And so I'd actually, um, I'd actually gotten a position as a research assistant uh, at uh, Norton Leatherman Spine Center there in Louisville, Kentucky, which is one of the premier spine. Um, programs and fellowships in the country, man, in the world. And so I'm working with them, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours a week. Um, and then on top of that, I was building greater influence. And so like that year was just like, but I was, I was reading, I was learning from my classes and then I'm trying to write papers and publish and, uh, and, and trying to, you know, enroll people in studies. And then I'm trying to, you know, um, you know, just like do all the other things with greater influence, like, you know, trying to like set up meetings and all this stuff, man. And it was, it was a pivotal year for me because there were three different things that I accomplished in that year uh, when I went full throttle. Because huh? I'm not going to lie, I didn't sleep a lot that year, but the byproduct of it was immense, man. Like It changed the direction of my entire life. So uh, it was a great experience, man. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't go back and do it again, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> I love that. You're de definitely a hustler. Like, that's... And I feel like you going through that year, even though you wouldn't go back and relive that, like you going through the trenches of intern year, the other, the, the, the experiences that you're going to have in residency, like yeah. you one know that you're built for this, you know, that yeah. you have overcome, you know, times just as hard, if not harder work yeah. just as hard, if not harder. Um, yeah. And you know what it takes. And so, you know, those experiences, you know, not only like you gained from it, not only personally, but professionally. Right. Like you got the credentials to oh, these meetings, like you got the connections with the people you did research with at that Spine Institute, you know, greater influences doing this thing. So like you grew in every aspect of it. But then the thing Absolutely. that I think can go, you know, unnoticed is like that personal growth of how now you like you want to be built for residency. Like you pitch yourself yeah. something like that. Oh, man. Absolutely, man. I mean, I can't even speak to the personal growth enough um, because one thing I sought to do that year was figure out like who I was, um, you know, understanding, you know, why do I do what I do? Uh, understanding the emotions um, that, you know, were part of my life. I mean, you know, as a black man, like, we deal with a lot of trauma in life. Um, you know, we deal with like a stigma and you know certain things about us like that you know, we just have to go through. And I had to figure out why do I go through these situations and handle them this way? Um, because I think there's something powerful to be said about mastering your emotions uh, and being able to to figure out, you know, what your triggers are. Like, even as an intern, like now I can, I can take a look when I finish my day and I can say, hey, I, something feels weird. Like, and I'm not okay. 
and I can reflect on it and figure out what it is and be able to say, for example, hey, you know what? I think I'm a little exhausted. Let me just take some time and just relax. Or I can say, hey, actually, you know what? I think I need to talk to someone. That experience is pretty tough and I'm going to need some assistance to get me through that. Um, and so like, I don't know, man, like for me, that was a pivotal year because like when you understand your emotions and you understand who you are as a person, um, it's like the sky's the limit. Like, there's no limitation as to what you can and can't do. Um, so, I mean, for me, that was another one of the things that uh, was helpful, man, because like. I can now be vulnerable. You know, I can now sit on these forums and, and talk about my experience without trying to feel to worry about is this person going to take it that way? Or am I portraying this, uh, am I myself in the way that, you know, I should be or that? Like, cause I, I don't care, man. Like, this is my story. Um, and someone needs to hear it. Um, and you know, someone needs that. Someone needs that guy. Someone needs that genuine interaction. Um, and that's okay. You know, and you know, so. Uh, that year, man, it was amazing. Uh, it was amazing. It was painful, um, you know, mentally, emotionally, uh, physically, spiritually. But like coming out of that, get like, man, the world was. Yeah, I don't know, man. It feels like the world is my oyster, man. So that's so dope. Again, like I love it, and I love the idea of like everything opening up once you know yourself and you know, like you're sensitive to yeah. the feelings of who you are. Um, and one thing that you know. Like, like, like you, we already mentioned a ton of the characteristics that, that, that you have and that you're able to embrace and walk confidently in. But and I just mentioned what I'm getting when I'm hinting at. But one thing that I definitely know of who you are, too, is is a level of confidence. You have confidence in who you are. You have confidence in your abilities in the work that you put in. Um, and that was one of the things that I think first stood out to me of like, that's something I truly admire about this man, like. And, 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 you know, uh, of course, there's there's the the video of if our listeners haven't seen, they may have seen the viral video of you matching, um, (laughs) which I think for me personally, like embodies what confidence is for a few reasons. First, that that was just like an emotional, an emotional like roller coaster for for any black applicant in any applicant interested in matching you know like you see that and you, you get excited but you know somebody coming from who resonates with you in a lot of different ways seeing that then it's even that much more powerful but essentially for for people listening um match day comes for tino at louisville med school has his envelope opens the envelope sees that he matches at his top choice harvard and most people, I think, you know, kind of have the reaction of, you know, jumping, screaming, yay, we did it kind of thing. This man, Tino, <laughs> knew what it was. So he had the Harvard sweater on yeah. deck already because he had the confidence in what it was. He knew what it was. He had the Harvard sweater ready, basically pulled it out, knew what it was. And it was just like this surreal moment. So. Yeah. I guess like I want to get I want to like touch a little bit into how you develop that sense of confidence. I feel like when I'm thinking of matching, I'm just like, oh, my goodness, man. Just honestly, the email on Monday telling me that I got a job is probably going to be like the biggest day of my life. <laughs> you know, like they did on Friday. I'm just like, hopefully it's straight, whatever, you know, but you had the confidence. And that's something that I'm trying to walk into a little bit yeah. more. So like how, how did yeah. that develop? Yeah, man. Uh, well, first off, uh, I will say though, like I'll be honest with you, Doug. I had the Harvard sweatshirts, like in a in a. Uh, I have uh, I have my one of my faculty members holding it in a bag, and I said, "Look, if I match at Harvard, 
I'm gonna come back there. And I'm gonna grab him. If I don't match at Harvard, no, I keep them things. Tags are still on them. We gonna return them. All right. No, you don't say a word about this to anybody. All right. Um, I love it. So I'll be, I'll be honest. You know that's that, that's the asterisk there. That's um, but uh, and, you know for me. Um, I remember when I was going trying to get into medical school. It's one of the lowest points of my life, man, because I struggled to get in. Um, I remember uh, someone I was talking to was like, man, you have a 13% chance of getting into medical school. And I said, well, all right, well, I'm still going to do it anyway. Um, and so uh, I just said, when I go through medical school, I'm going to go so hard that when it comes time for a match, I'm going to be able to be at peace because I've done everything that I could possibly do. Um, and so for me, like, you know, I put in the work like relentlessly, like when it didn't make sense, man, I was like still going at it. Um, I was, you know, someone told me I couldn't do something. I'll be like, why? Um, okay. And then I would just figure out how to do it. Um, like just because it hadn't been done, didn't mean I couldn't do it. I was just going to do it. Um, if I decided I was going to, uh, and so for me that led to, um, you know, that was also a part of what went into it. Um, and then like a couple of things that I just want to share with like the people who are listening though, is like, the importance of being able to strategize and the importance of preparation, um, like strategizing, you know, we look at the statistics and like statistics tell us the likelihood of something happening. And for me, I told myself, look, I'm going to use these odds to help me figure out how I can put myself in the best situation to succeed. If that like when it came to medical school, when I was applying, they told me I had that low chance. I said, OK. So what I did was when I put in my application, I reached out to the schools that I wanted to um, that I really cared about. I reached out to them. I gave them updates, you know, um, like two, three times in the semester. Hey, I just been elected class president. Hey, my midterm grades came back and this is what's going on. I'm uptrending. Hey, you know, my MCAT score is back. Just wanted to let you know. I took the time to visit some of these schools and try to meet faculty members. Uh, I took the time to like meet with like different people who were affiliated with these so they could be comfortable endorsing me. So when I did get into medical school, man, like, and I got that call from Louisville and they're like, hey, listen, we know you already committed to going somewhere else, but we're going to add a scholarship package on top of your uh, application. Um, you know, hopefully you consider coming here. Like for me, that was great. And when that same thing came into medical school, man, like I strategized, like, again, I looked at this from a bird's eye view and I figured, what do I need to do to get to where I want to go? Like even just looking at that year off, I knew, all right, I want this MBA because I know where I want to do in life. But at the same time, I could use more research experiences. And so I'm going to get this research opportunity. And this is something that I'm passionate about. I don't want to just be focused on what I want to do. So I'm going to keep building greater influence. And like, I really strategized and I went through the process. Um, and I, I mean, just looking at, you know, the interview release day when it happened in November and I like, I was in South Africa with my family and my phone is just like going off, man. And like, I remember like, you know, seeing, I'm like, all right, you know, five interviews, all right, six interviews, all right, uh, nine interviews, all right, 10 interviews, all right, 15 interviews. I'm like, yo, I'm like, all right, 19 interviews. And like, when I was up like 20, getting towards 30, I'm like, yo, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to match. Like it does it, somewhere in the, like in this process, I'm going to match somewhere. But this was the byproduct of everything that I put into that. And when other people didn't understand my strategy, I kept going with it. And I um, then I kind of like stuck to it and I didn't let that go. And so I really I feel like that's such an important part. Like you have to strategize. And the second thing is like preparing. Like when I went through my process, every single thing that I did 
I'm fully prepared for it. Like, you know, when I went into interviews, for example, I knew who am I going to be interviewing with? What are their research publications? Like, uh, what are they interested in? Who are they? Is there a video of them on YouTube so I can see what the cadence of their tone is? I'm not going to come into this, like, meeting and be overly excited with someone who's a lot more laid back. Like, there was so much strategy and, like, preparation that went into everything that I did. And even when I, like, went through the process and, like, um, finished my Harvard interview, and I was like, look, I know myself enough and I know like what I'm looking for enough to be able to say, this is my number one. I sat on it. You know, the next morning I called my primary mentor and I said, Hey, listen, I'm going to go to Harvard. This is my number one. And there's no question about it. And he said, okay, who do I need to talk to? I said, okay. He said, I'll call you back. He calls me back in like, you know, uh, like 30 minutes. He's like, all right. I talked to someone who's a resident there. He told me, these are the people that are influential. Let me reach out to all of them and I'll let you know how that goes. And like that preparation and that confidence and that strategy that I'd done for myself allowed him to have confidence in me to back me up in the pers- in, in the time that I needed it the most. So when they came to match day, man, like from the outside looking in, it's just like some, someone else is like, man, that was, that's kind of overly confident of you. But it's like you have no idea what I do in my free time that makes that you see the outward part and you're like, he's making it look easy. Like, bro, there's nothing easy about anything I'm doing. You're just seeing, you know, the the, the byproduct of hours of strategy, hours of preparation, um, all the passion and everything that I put into it. And I can sometimes make it look easy because I'm doing what I'm called to do. And there's no reason for me to try to, you know, make boost myself up or try to make myself something that I'm, I'm doing what I'm called to do. So this is why I'm going so hard. And that's why it looks the way that it looks, man. So, yeah, man, like for me to open that envelope and like see that I was landing there, like, man, it was unreal because my life had just changed. Like I was now going somewhere where I felt like I could become what I really want to be. And just a very different experience from when I was coming into medical school and I had no certainty as to whether or not I was going to make it. So, uh, yeah, man, it was it was an amazing experience. So many emotions. I had the purple suit, man. I was I was ready, man. I was like, if you're going to Harvard, baby, we're going to Harvard. We're going to do it big. Let's do this. <laughs> Why did I just put together that you had the kind of like crimson, even suit kind of kind of thing that you was rocking? I just I, bro, I, there was, I was a little underlying thing in there, too, because I, I walked in and uh, your school knows um, like where you match like on Thursday. So like they know where you're going. So like one of my faculty members is just like, I like your suit color. I was like, oh, thank you. It's like very fitting. I was, like I didn't even think about it until like until like after I matched. I was like, yo, wait a second. You're trying to you, stole a yeah, I see what you try to do. Okay. Who's <laughs> dope, man. man? I love it. it. I love the story. I love you know you highlighting the intentionality that you put in years even before med school through pre-med to get into med school, the intentionality that and the, that was consistent for such a long period of time that led to that single moment that, again, we see as this, like, it's like the little iceberg analogy where you see, like, you know, just a little tip that's above the water, mm-hmm. but you don't see all the stuff underneath. And it's like, you know, I saw that and I was like, oh, like, this is who I want to be. And then to be able to have more details on what's underneath that water is like, you know, that's, that's amazing. So, um, and, and, and what I'm getting from it is, you know, that, 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 uh, that strategizing and, you know, having a plan and just kind of this like central theme of being very intentional with your life 
and you know and that's all in the kind of shadow of knowing yourself right like like you said you know that you're meant for this you know that you're following your you know what you're called to do um and so when you do that then you can be intentional about going hard at pursuing that like crazy you know what i mean yeah. um yeah. and so that's 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 amazing man i uh <laughs> I, I I'm I'm we'll, we'll 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 see how confident I am at that time. I'm 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 praying that I'm gonna be able to step in and be as confident yeah, because I'm putting in the work beforehand. But hopefully, exactly, we'll, exactly, yeah. exactly. Bro, you're, you, uh, first off, you're doing all the things right. Um, just the impact that you're making. Um, I mean, you're doing all the things right. Uh, and when it comes to that process, so here's a, here's an advice or something that I did actually when I went through this. Um. So I told you I was in South Africa and I took a piece of paper and I wrote down everything in my situation that I could not control. Like I couldn't, I was like, I can't control the interviewer's perception of me. Um, you know, all the, like the little things that I couldn't control. I took them in a nice little piece of paper, folded it up, started a campfire type setup and I burned it. Because those were things that were outside of my control and I wasn't going to waste any emotional energy, mental energy, focusing on those things. All I could focus on was what I could control. And that's where that true confidence comes in. It's like, for me, I was an athlete and some of my uh, my best teammates, like, you know, every single time, like the people who were taking like that game winning shot, they were confident taking that game winning shot. Like, just like Kobe was confident taking that shot because they put in the hours of preparation. And they're taking that shot so many times in the past that when it came time for them to do it, they did it. And so, like, for you, you got to, like, you're going to get your confidence from knowing that you've done these things consistently with time. Like, you took the time to strategize. You took the time to prepare. And when you open that envelope, bro, you're going to, like, it's okay. I mean, I think it's okay for you to feel humble and be wary and be like, you know, a little bit like, you know, unsure of matching because that's just natural. You're supposed to do that. But at the same time, you have to believe in all the work that you put in to get to this point. Uh, and I mean, just seeing who you are and what you've done makes me feel confident looking at having gone through the process and seeing what it takes to be successful in the process makes me confident that you're going to make it to the other side too, man. So uh, I think, Thank you know, you, it's healthy to feel that way. Keep that same thing. Like even when I got those interview invites, I went into every single interview believing that this was my one and only interview and this was my one and only shot to make it through orthopedics. And I treated every single program with the same amount of respect. And I gave every single program that I accepted an interview from the same amount of chance uh, on my rank list. The hopes that I would land at any one of them. If I would have landed at any one of those places, I would have been really happy. Um, but like, I still never got to a point where I said, I'm 100% going to match and I'm good. Like, I was like, I'm very likely that I'm going to match. Uh, but, you know, just kind of keep that in mind, bro. Because um, that feeling should never go away. Like, mm -hmm. that should, that's how you remain humble. Like, once you start to feel like you got it, you, you, you just, it's automatic for you. That's when things start to go downhill. So keep that same mindset, but keep that same hunger through that process. I love it, man. Thank you. Thank you. I need I need those words, man. And I, I really, really genuinely appreciate it. Um, you know, I think uh, there was a, a, a quote that we had in the um, Gladden meeting that, we, that uh, I think he was at Duke. Yeah, he said like that fine line between um, like arrogance and confidence. Um, and, you know, I want to be able to walk through things confidently, but never teeter over the edge. 
and really think that I just got it. Um, Cause you know, like no. you said, I think that's definitely when things can go downhill and you've been yeah. able to demonstrate how to walk in confidence and humility at the same time. Um, so again, just serving as a great example for myself and for, for a ton of other people. Um, one of the things that I want to touch on um, briefly um, is, you know, I know that you were during the like COVID era of like a ways, I think you were limited to one. Um, and, you know, but I also know that now that you're an intern, you're probably experiencing medical students doing a ways. And one of the things that I always like to ask, because this is like with step one being pass fail applications looking more or less the same, like where you actually go and show yourself that those are going to be the biggest kind of moments for a lot of medical students. So what pieces of advice do you have? What are some things that students can do to really excel in these experiences, just knowing how important they are? Yeah, um, that's a great question, man. Um, uh, I think the first thing is like something that I actually struggle with myself because um, I only got to do one away and I didn't really get to fully shine until the very end of it um, was realizing like being humble is recognizing that you're great, but recognizing that you have room to improve. Meaning you have to walk in confidence in who you are because of what you've done in the past, but knowing that there are areas for you to improve on and you're going to identify those areas and work harder to improve in them. And so coming into these situations, timid and afraid is like really hurtful for you because you, it makes it harder for you to stand out. But at the same time, you don't want to come in as if you have it all figured out. So that's how you teeter that line, man. As you recognize that I'm great, I was good enough to be given an interview, I was good enough to uh, be given this away uh, rotation. Uh, so now I'm here and I'm going to bring those qualities that made me stand out into my situation um, and just like, you know, and then at the same time, uh, still be willing to go home and read every single day, go home and doing questions every single day. Um, and like something else is like, you got to be like the hardest working person in all the situations that you're in too. Like if you're a sub I, you got to be the first one there and the last one to leave. Um, like if you're going through this process, like if someone asks you to do something and they give you a deadline and say two weeks out, you send it to them a week before because like this is your one and only opportunity to do this. And you want to do this right uh, because it's a very small network and everyone talks. And like, there are people who've texted me about people who are from our program who are sub-eyes at theirs. Or like, there's some sub-eyes who come through and I'm just like, oh, this guy's dope. And like, they tell me they interview, oh, they did a sub-eye somewhere else. I'll text the person over there. I'm like, bro, did you hear about so-and-so? Or hey, did you hear about so-and-so? And so like, how you do that is not going to, how you do in these situations is not just going to be at, your, at the program you're at. Like, it's essentially a chance for you to showcase yourself all over the country in different ways. Um, and then I think just kind of like, you know, it goes back to like, um, I think like, I think something else that can really help people um, stand out is I'm like build a network and build allies. Like if you're at a rotation, like you shouldn't just meet the attendings that you work with. 
I figure out a time on your day off to email a tenant that's somewhere in a whole different service that you know might be someone that's great. The residents talk about them a lot. Take that time for them to get to know you because the more allies you have, the easier it's going to be for you. You don't want to leave things to chance. And so if you're at this, like think of it as like a month long interview. Like when I was like, am I one away? Like I try to utilize that as much as I possibly could. Like, and then once I finished, I gave myself like two, like, you know, a week or so after I just like enjoyed the city that I was in, but at the same time, I was meeting attendants at different programs and getting on Zoom calls and, and trying to like network and all this stuff. Um, so I think that's like really important with going through, man. And then, um, yeah, I, I know you said it briefly, but I just want to like emphasize like the importance of like properly building a network because um, that in itself is a skill. Like knowing a lot of people is not the same thing as having a network. Like, if you know a bunch of people, but they can't speak to your qualities, they just know who you are, that doesn't help you. And so I think for me, something that helped me was that I built a network, but I also got, to, I allowed people to see my character and I allowed people to see who I was intrinsically. Um, and I think that made a big difference for me because I went from having mentors and like knowing people all over the place to having sponsors. People who will pay for me to go to conferences or who will pay for me to have resources or who are willing to put their career and their neck on the line um, to endorse me when it mattered the most. Um, and so like that, I feel like was a key component to my whole process, man, because like there are a lot of people in this pile and you can work with someone doing research with them or doing operating with them or whatever. And that's awesome that you read for the case. That's awesome and all, you know, that you you completed the project and all that stuff. But like, there are, there is something to be said about someone who knows your character. And the only way for these attendants to know your character is for you to be excellent every day and for you to also be vulnerable and be willing to talk about what your, you know, your low points are, what you struggle with, and then getting their advice and applying it so they can develop trust and getting to know you. And my mentor, like now that I'm not at Louisville anymore, he's still a big part of my life. And we still talk and we still FaceTime. Like we still stay in touch. He's still a big part of my process because it's a lifelong thing. And so for everyone who's trying to figure out how can I stand out, like take those key things with you, like strategize, like prepare, network, be the hardest working person in every situation. Like, personality and all that, like don't rely on your personality. Let your confidence come from what you do and your capabilities and not from the, you know, how you can just talk to somebody, how you can just do that. Like those are the things that will make you stand out. Cause we take notice of that. Um, we really do. Uh, uh, that all of that was amazing. And, um, you know, one thing that, that really stood out to me was like, you know, turning, your network into like sponsors and it's a very, very different thing. And I think at this point, so many students can get into the mindset of, okay, I just need to get my name out there or my face seen or, you know, but ultimately that's not going to, that's not going to give anybody the confidence that they need to put their reputation and their name on the line to support somebody just because they know your name or have seen your face for somebody to be able to put their reputation and name out on the line. They have to be so confident in who you are as a person and you, you know, hit the nail on the head with like that and that it, it takes showing up 
consistently pitting in that hard work that you talked about, being able to develop a real genuine relationship with them, not a contractual relationship where you do research for them so that they can see your face or whatever, but like a real, like, can we just sit down so that you can get to know who I am as a person? Cause then that, mm-hmm. that's when they have the confidence, I think, to do what you said and actually sponsor you. Um, and so I hope that everyone listening can kind of change the way that they think about building a network to thinking about building a, essentially a community of sponsors. Yeah. Um, I got one last question for you, man. I really, really appreciate your time. Um, because I know, sure. you know, intern year, age quarter, no joke, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you. that kind of is going into what this question is. And it's basically just like, how has residency been? How has life at Harvard been? We talked about how meaningful of an experience opening that envelope and knowing that this is where you would be. Um, so how has it been in the first, what are we like? Yeah six months in or something how yeah. how has everything been bro it's been amazing um I, I can't even like put into words um you know what a great experience has been like i i, I knew that i would enjoy my time here and uh my mentors who knew me uh enough to back my decision to do so uh and you know like 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 it, i don't know man it ended up being exactly what i thought um in so many ways. I feel like the first part of it is like a lot of people who come here, they know that, you know, orthopedic surgery is phenomenal and they want to be great surgeons. And at the same time, they may have other interests that aren't related to just operating. And so they can see the bigger picture in like life too. And so it's funny because I was texting one of my senior residents. I'm a sneakerhead, and like he texted me a picture of his sneakers in the OR. Um, and I start talking about one of my plugs. I have a connection to something like that. And he was like, dang, and you're not going to hook your co-resident up? And it's like, for me, like it was funny because it made me realize that my senior residents aren't calling me their intern all the time. Like when we're talking, they're calling me their co-resident. Like there's that level of respect that we have within each other that I just love about the program. Like, you know, like we actually hang out with each other outside of work. Like we actually spend time together. Like two of my um, co-interns play ball and we'd be over there like hooping and uh, I throw him out. One of my co-interns, I throw him lives and he'd be ducking on people. Like it's like a great experience in that respect. Um, Because like, we like I don't know like the community that we have here is like great in that way. And then the other thing that makes my 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 experience so good is just like everyone is excellent. And I knew I wanted to be at a program where I had people who inspired me. Uh, I'm on an off service rotation right now, and one of the ED attendings I was working, I was like, she looks so familiar. Like who is that? And then like I Google her like during the shift find out this lady like works for cnn uh, and i've seen her all the time on there and she's like famous and we're sitting here like talking about my experience in louisville and like it was just like a surprising part of like being here and you have around so many people who were incredible and you're getting to interact with them and you're building this network this community that's gonna go with you for the rest of your life uh and so in that way it's been great man and then like just like having people who were so invested in you too um i don't know i i, I couldn't be happy with my decision because like there are people who genuinely care about you like my program director you know there was a point where i was having a little bit of a tough time um and you know he he's someone who took the time to get to know me um and he's like you know what Tino? i think you need some family i think you need some love right now um 
come over to my house on Sunday. I'm going to cook you dinner. I'm going to cook you this uh, recipe and we'll eat from the family. Then we're going to talk. I-, I have some things about you that I need to tell you. Uh, I'm like, okay. All right. That's that's terrifying. But all right, I'm coming. So I came out to his house and like, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm eating food with him, his family. We're cracking jokes, talking about all this. And then like, he and I sit down and we're having this heart to heart. And he's helping me understand like for the first time that, hey, listen, You've been through some struggles. You've been through some traumas. You've been through some racial experiences that you're carrying into residency. You're bringing a chip on your shoulder when we wanted you here because of how great you are. And you're going to be great. We're going to help you get there. But you have to let some of those things go and start to enjoy this process more. Like his understanding of me spoke volumes as to like who he was and like, what what the like the culture and like what certain like people in the program are like man because like it changed the way that i view everything like that's when i was like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and start doing these panels and start giving back again because my program director is literally telling me like you can make time you know it may not be every single time that you get you can do these things but maybe once every two three months just like taking the time to do this and do that so like i don't know man like, i've loved my experience here i love the the fact that i'm working with incredible people i have co-residents who we can meet up at 2 a.m to get coffee when we're on overnight um and you know we actually hang out when we're not at work i love the fact that you know, um, my program, we have so many attendings. And so like, it's easy for me to sneak into the OR and get cases in. Like I was on a rotation where they let me out at 2 PM. So I found surgeons at a different site and I was operating until 11 PM. And it was just like, great, man. So, I mean, for me, the residency experience has been like great in terms of where I'm at. And then also great. in terms of uh, just, um, like my learning and growing and just like taking it in stride, man. Like I've, Become, in fact, I've become a completely different person in these first, you know, five, six months um, because, you know, like residency would do that to you. But I, I think that I couldn't have chosen a, a better community and a better situation um, in that way, man. And like the community here in Boston has really embraced me. Uh, they really made it feel like home. Um like I, I have, you know, a church family that's super loving. Um, you know, I have friends outside up that I can spend spend time with uh, if I really need that. Um, you know, I, I go down to the Harvard basketball games and spend time with the team, get to hoop with them and all that. It's just like it's it's been great, man. So um, I don't know, man, like as I look back at it. I'm, I'm grateful. I just really want to, like, convey to people who are listening and get ready to apply is like I. It's not just a program and not just the training. This is going to be your home for some time. Like figure out, is this going to be a community that you can thrive in? Uh, when you're not at work, are you going to be happy? Uh, when you are at work, um, are, you, are you going to be happy? Like got to like factor some of those things in because like residency isn't just about operating and just learning. Like you actually still have to be a human being and live your life through that process. And when you have other people around you who are awesome, it makes that so much easier and so much better. So I couldn't be happier, man. I'm so happy to hear that, Tino. That's that sounds like a dream come true, and it sounds like the reaction to opening that envelope was fulfilled when you're actually living out the experience that you dreamt of. So, um, man, I'm so I'm so so happy for you. As we wrap up, I do just want to give you, you know, the the platform for any kind of final gems, final words, anything else that you have for our listeners. Um, you've already dropped tons. Um, you know, this is something that I'm going to run back multiple times myself. So, but any final words that, that you have for people? 
Yeah, man. Um, I mean, again, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I, I was a bit less, you know, uh, formal in this conversation and just try to kind of speak from the heart. Um, just because, man, like it was a process for me, but I mean, if I can do it, um, I was, I was never the smartest person. I was never the most intelligent person, but I was going to be the hardest working person every time. And if I can come out and be where I'm at, I know there's someone out there who can too. Um, so thank you for just giving me the platform to be able to share my voice and, uh, and, uh, you know, just be here. Um, uh, and I think to those that are listening, um, for you all that are kind of trying to maybe wonder like what is going on in my head when I kept saying bird's eye view, um, I kind of tell you guys a story of how that came to be. Um, uh, with a mentor, he invited me to dinner with his family, uh, with him and his wife. And you know, we're sitting there, we're eating and uh, we finished eating. And he looks over at me. He says, Martino, where do you want to be 20 years from now? I was like, what? Like 20 years from now? Like, what, what are you, like, I was just talking to you about how I'm trying to pass step one. Uh, you're talking about 20 years from now. I said, yeah, no, seriously, tell me, where do you want to be from 20 years from now? And I said, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, um, and I start, you know, and he's just sitting there. He says, no, 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 I need you to answer me before we, we finish like eating or we finish what we're doing. Yeah. Where do you want to be 20 years from now? He said, just tell me from the heart. You don't have to think about too much. Just tell me. And so I start speaking. As I'm speaking, like, it just started to kind of flow. And I was like, all right, I want this. I want that. I want that. I want that. This is going to be a priority for me. That's going to be a priority for me. And he says, okay, so all those things that you were telling me you wanted to do, how do they fit into the picture of where you want to be 20 years from now? said, so because the problem with a lot of young kids is you're only thinking about what's directly in front of you. You're not seeing there's so much more at play. He said, listen to me. You're telling me that, you know, you want to think about getting an MBA. Um, but you think that taking that year off is going to hurt, hurt you because you're going to miss out on a year of salary. 20 years from now, tell me, Tino, is not get, is you getting that MBA that year off, is that going to hurt you considerably that it wouldn't have been worth it? I was like, well, no, nah, it wouldn't hurt me. I said, would it help you? I said, 20 years from now? Yeah, it probably would. She said, okay, so there's the answer. Like, think about it that way. And it's like, that's what I want to share to you guys from this experience is like, as you're thinking about what you want to do, think big picture. Like, if you're just focused on your next obstacle, like for me, like I wasn't focused on just matching when I went through the interview process. I was focused on building relationships and like thinking about what was going to happen after match because now I'm looking back and I was like, yeah, the interview process was fun. And I'm now I'm just trying to get through residency and like, Matching was a hurdle that I stepped over, and now there was more that came after. And even now with residency, residency is going to be hard, but it's going to be a fun five years. But at some point, I'm not going to be a resident anymore. I'm going to be an attending, and I'm going to be helping others. And like what I do right now is going to pave the way for me to get to where I want to be at. So you don't have to have everything figured out, but just take some time to reflect and ask yourself, what is it that I want from this process? What is it that I want? And it'll help you figure out, do I want to take this route versus that route? Um, and just kind of give you a better sense of how you can move. Because like, there's just something to be said. Like You can see the difference. Like When you look at life from a bird's eye view, when you can just step back and say, you know what? All these things are happening, but at the same time, I'm not going to care about this later on because I'm focused on something else. It just makes this whole process so much easier. Um, yeah, I feel like like that that right there that is what has helped me get to where I'm at and given me the perspective that I need to like get to the next level. 
Um, and so, yeah, man, I mean, this is process is supposed to be fun. Um, have fun with it. Like, don't be so down trying to like lock in and I got this, I got that, you know, I got to like, yo, have fun with it because something else I'm seeing is a lot of people have bitterness and anger. Um, they feel like they didn't get to the program that they wanted to, or, or they didn't get the experience that they wanted and all this. And I'm like, I'm sorry that you had this experience, but like, don't let this process change you because you're more than just your degree. Like you're more than just your accomplishments. Like you're more than just, you know, what you've done. Like you're just somebody's brother. You're somebody's sister. You're somebody's friend. You're somebody's uh, cousin. Like you're some, some of you just, bro, you're a father. You're somebody's father. Like you're some, you're somebody's husband. Like there's so many people, there's so much more to you. Don't let this process break you down so much that you can't enjoy it as it's happening. Cause like 20 years from now, none of those things are going to matter anyway. Those things that you're beating yourself up on. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you keep that perspective, like, it makes it so much easier, man. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me, man. And uh, I'm excited just to, to continue to, to to see what this platform does. OrthoPlug is doing amazing things. And, I mean, like I told you, um, I'm always going to be a big supporter of you. Uh, you're someone that I have a lot of love and respect for. And, honestly, man, like, you're telling me you look up to me. Like I'm a mentor, but, like, I don't see it that way. I see you as a colleague and as a friend, man. We're at the same spot. And 20 years from now, what, you're going to be, what, two, three years behind me? But we're going to be here practicing for years. You're going to have been an orthopedic surgeon for years. And so, like, bro, you're, you're going to get through this. And uh, so is everyone else listening. Like, you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. That's You just have to trust that. Even if, you know... For you, you're going to get into orthopedics. But if someone's listening, if you, you know, end up in anesthesiology, end up in radiology, end up not even practicing and go into just the business of medicine, you're going where you're supposed to be. And you just have to allow things to happen the way they're supposed to. So thank you, man. And I can't I can't thank you enough. And I'm just I'm honored for this opportunity, honored for our friendship, honored to be able to watch you continue to crush it. Um, You know, I hope everyone listening also enjoyed this conversation. For our listeners, make sure that you stay plugged in because we're going to be having more incredible conversations with some of the dopest orthopedic surgeons out there, just like Tino. And again, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on the podcast. It really helps us out. See you guys in the next one. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. And again, be on the lookout for season two of the show where we'll hear from some of the most inspiring, recently matched orthopedic surgeons. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube so you can stay plugged in. And we'll see you in the next one.